I would like to welcome you all very warmly to this New Year's retreat here at IMS. My name is Yanai, and uh, this is Catherine and Sharda, and uh, we're very happy to be here with you for this uh, nine-day retreat. Um, This is a retreat that Catherine and I have been teaching for quite a number of years now, and we're very happy to have Sharda coming to join us on this occasion as we've known each other and taught together across different uh, continents and over various decades, in fact, and uh, it's the first time we're doing it in this configuration here. And um, we're, yeah, very happy to be here with you, and uh, we'd like to take some time to talk a little bit this evening about the, the kind of the framework of what we'll be engaging with, the orientation that we'll be engaging with over our time together. <clears throat> Just want to check if the volume's coming through okay for you. Can you hear me clearly? We okay there? Um, if you can't, of course, you probably couldn't hear me if you can't. So this is always one of those funny questions, isn't it? But um, please, if at any point you can't hear myself or any of us, do let us know, wave out or call out if you need to. We won't be offended. We'll be grateful to know that you didn't hear because it's less helpful for us if we find out after we've finished that you didn't hear. And uh, you may not wish to, but we'd quite like you to hear. Um, so that's, that's our request, an invitation to you. And it's, it's always lovely to come and to sit here in this hall and over now 25 years for myself and Catherine and longer for, for Sharda have been coming to this place and... Um, and it's lovely to see so many familiar faces. It's lovely to see also new faces amongst you who I look forward to meeting um, over the time of this retreat. And coming to IMS, for me, there's this really the sense of a, a blessed refuge, a place of, of, of something wonderful, and the, a sense of uh, a place where we can all come and feel at ease and be welcome here. And that word for me stands out in the situation coming to teach a retreat. It's, it's well that you have come here to take that word in its, sort of, its components. It's well. It's a good thing that you're here. You are welcome. And whoever you are, however you are, and in whatever way you know yourself to be who you are, you are very welcome here. And all of you and every part of you is welcome here. And so specifically also just to name, because it feels important for for us as a teacher team, recognizing also this is IMS's aspiration, but it's also our heart wish that whoever you are, that you are, that that you know that you hear from us, that you are welcome here. Because you are, and whatever your, whatever your ethnic heritage, whatever the colour of your skin, whatever the the body type you might have, whatever the um, cultural background you come from, whatever your sexual orientation, whatever your gender identity, whatever your age, your education, your socioeconomic status, whatever your, um, whatever your ability. Whatever it is that makes you what you are, however you know yourself to be that, you are welcome and all of you is welcome here. And this feels something for me really important and sacred in the, in the process of engaging in what we'll be doing here is that we, we come from a place in which we actually allow ourselves 
And we trust that we are allowed within our community to be just that that we are. And so, for me, in that sense of it's well that you have come, that you are welcome, it's also, it's, it's a good thing to come into a retreat, to take some time out of the busyness, the fullness, the demands, the, at times, complexity and chaos, and it might seem, if your life is anything like mine, at times, craziness of what one finds oneself engaging with or engaged by. And without in any way seeking to escape from or push it away, at the same time to find some space with the life and the world that we move in, to come on retreat, to have an opportunity to turn towards, to be close with ourselves, to connect with what feels most true and important. And these are the the foundations, really, of spiritual exploration, of spiritual practice, to to take ourselves out of the, the usual and familiar commitments and the many good and wonderful and wholesome things we might be engaged in equally as the, the challenging or the sort of less sort of inspiring aspects of our lives and to give ourselves some time to, to take care of, to care for, to take care of and to explore fully and deeply what is important to us, what we care about. And what is possible for us as human beings to, to engage in, in a period of retreat is to, to give ourselves a, a precious gift and to share that gift with a, a group of other people as we will be doing here, supporting each other in our presence, in our practice together is something, for me, I, I regard this as a, as a fortunate, as a blessed opportunity and situation. And when I feel very fortunate to be part of in this moment, but equally in, in, in the journey of my life that has allowed me to be involved in this teaching and practice and the forms and explorations we'll be engaging in together through much of my adult life. And, and with that, just want to say briefly, the, the teachings and the practices we'll be offering are framed and drawn to a large degree from the teachings of the Buddha who was a human being who lived two and a half thousand years ago approximately and who was profoundly interested in the deeper questions of life of what is possible for a human being and how to respond to the challenges and the difficulties and in a, in a, in a very dedicated and committed way lived his life exploring those questions and sharing the understandings and the learnings that he discovered in those explorations in ways that other people found valuable, found helpful, found useful, and then consequently practiced for themselves and shared with others. And so the teaching comes not just from the remarkable words and frameworks and practices that were offered by this, this human being of long, long ago, but equally come through the living generations that have practice, who've shared, who've lived and who've understood for themselves these teachings to come to be available to us in our generation, in our time, in our world as a living practice, as a living teaching that's informed by the truth of our human experience and accessible to us through our own experience equally as it is informed by the the body of teaching that the Buddha left behind him. And somehow these two seem to me to create a very potent and profound and also a very human 
framework for spiritual exploration and one which I'm very happy to be participating in the exploration and we're in with you. And so that's the central sort of source and framework and yet for all of us our lives and our journeys have involved drawing on the wisdom of our human world and our world beyond the human framework, the natural world too, being informed by the wisdom and by the the sense of possibility that's available to us through many different ways of engaging. And so while Buddha Dharma is the, the central framework, it for me has never been the case that I've felt somehow constrained or limited to only explore in that field. And I notice and feel how what I feel moved to share is informed likewise. And so in, in that way I, I really appreciate the sense of, a, of an open container, an open orientation of finding what's useful, finding what's helpful and what's of benefit for ourselves and collectively. And that's really what is, I think, that the heart of the source of what we have seeked and intend to offer over these days. So just also to say briefly before I, I, I pass on, um, I'll say a bit more later, but this is a New Year's retreat, as I guess you know, we're coming up to the end of the year. We're also coming up to the end of the decade. Um, there might be other things we're coming up to the end of, which I won't go into at this moment, but you know, there's probably a few that you could have in mind. But there's a certain power and value in just acknowledging the marking the end of circles and cycles. And we will mark the cycle and the ending of those cycles and the beginning of the next cycle of what we traditionally mark as new year or new decade. We won't necessarily do it exactly at the time and exactly in the way that you might have at other times, but uh, we will engage with and offer a framework for acknowledging and and, um, in a way orienting ourselves in line with that turning of the cyclic nature of things and in case that sounded a little cryptic which it might what it means is we won't do all of that on new year's eve just so you know because that's right at the beginning of the retreat when actually maybe we've found it well not maybe we have found over the years it makes more sense to do it towards the end of the retreat when in fact our year will open up for all of us as we end this retreat and enter into whatever our lives uh, call us to at that time and uh, we'll say more about how that will happen and what it will look like when we get closer to it but for now, I'm going to pass over to Shada. Do you have... Can I just push this button? Yes, the white button. Okay. I'm on. Okay. Thank you, Yanai, for that introduction. Um, I won't say too much tonight because, unfortunately, I became ill about uh, a week ago. And um, I'm coughing a bit and... Uh, I was worried about having this mic on while I'm kind of going through my, uh, my uh, expression of that illness. And so I did want to say hello to you this evening and really welcome you and, and tell you that I'm, I'm really, really happy to, to be here with you and to get to know you over these, these days that we'll have together. I don't know too many people in this room because as Kathy and Yanai 
uh, Yanai was saying, actually, that um, they've been holding this retreat for a period of years, and I'm just so grateful that they've invited me on this year to join them. We've been friends for a very, very long time back in England when I was associated with Gaia House, and it's where I, where I met them um, a couple of decades ago. And so it's really wonderful to be back here and actually sharing together as a team, which we haven't done together in this, in this way. So Catherine and I did a, quite a lot of teaching together at, at Gaia House, and it's, it's just a, a joy to be, to be back here with both of them. They're very, very dear, dear to me. Um, I, I was just uh, I came to uh, the Forest Refuge about a week ago. The Forest Refuge is the retreat center just through the woods um, where people do a solitary uh, personal retreat. And my intention was to do a week's retreat there uh, before I came here to join you. Um, the day before I left uh, California, where I live in San, the San Francisco area, I got, came down with this, uh, began co- the coughing. So I spent a week um, being very, very ill on my retreat and um, having to do quite a lot of resting and sleeping and self-care. And it was actually wonderful to be there, to, to have that opportunity to take such good care of myself without many, many distractions. And, um, and so, you know, we may have the very best intentions for our retreat. However, one of the things I hope we know deeply is that we hold our intentions, but then we let go of what actually happens because we don't know. And that letting go hopefully can happen with an open heart and open hands and just receiving what is being offered to us. Because that's really the practice in a way, this kind of gesture of our, of our open, open hands to receive every moment, just every moment, even with our best intentions, our wholesome intentions. And that was my practice for the week. And, and it was a beautiful, beautiful practice. So whatever comes to you uh, for this, this retreat... My, my wish for you is that you really hold whatever that is with deep respect and really honor right where you are, just as you are, as much as you can, moment to moment to moment, because we don't, we don't know, do we, just in any particular moment what's going to arise. But we do have our wisdom and our compassion and our capacity to maybe meet that moment um, in, a, in a wise and skillful way. So that's really my wish for you on, on this retreat. And um, my hope is, again, one doesn't know, but that I do get stronger and, and, and better and that I can uh, really be here with you in the way that I would like to be this week. So far, it's going in the right direction. <laughs> so we'll just hope that it continues to go that way. And... We don't know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. So that's what I wanted to share with you this evening, and I'll pass it o- over to these two very capable and beautiful teachers. Thank you. <laughs> okay. 
Sorry, I, th- I feel a bit slow. I haven't got a, a word to, that's coming out immediately. Um, I think I actually got slowed down just sitting in this seat. Somehow we're very affected by our environments, right, as you all know. And I think I'm gaining some benefit from whoever sat here before me. <laughs> um, and I hope you gain the benefit from whoever sat there before you as well. Um, there has been many of us humans in this room practicing for many, many years now. Um, Sharda told me she first came to sit a three-month retreat here in 1980. Um, so that's going to be 40 years in this new decade. So, um, I'm really happy to be here with you. And I'm, yeah, I really love coming to teach at IMS. I want to just celebrate that to start with because I hope... You do. If you've come back, you probably do. And if you're new here, I hope you also come to love practicing at IMS. And for me, just arriving here and feeling this this place that knows how to offer us a place to practice. Um, What a blessing. What a blessing. Um, I really feel the goodness and solidity of this place. Our retreat support people who you've met now, and Roberta, and yeah. So we can, we can now drop into our practice and um, give ourselves to this, to this work. So this retreat is called Embodying the Heart of Wisdom, and we will say more, of course, but just very briefly, starting at the end, the wisdom part. Wisdom is more than good ideas. Wisdom is that capacity to orient to experience, inner and outer, in ways that reduce suffering. Wisdom asks the question, what's helpful here? Wisdom trains the heart-mind, this us, you, me. Wisdom trains this instrument to see and know and experience and sense the world, inner and outer, in ways that reduce the tangle, the bind. I'm guessing you all know the bind the bind of that spin and the tangle of that sense of tangle. Wisdom is that which learns how to untangle the tangle and act in ways that reduce suffering. And the embodying part, this is it. This is how we do it. This is where we act from. This is where the speech comes from, the action comes from. This is the, this. One of these. We've, we're all one of these, right? Through this body, with this body, as this body, in spite of this body, sometimes it feels like, but really this one, this, this flesh and blood and bones, this is how wisdom arises. It's not an abstraction, we got enough of those, probably. 
So embodying the wisdom that we cultivate together, it's through here that we act. What will support this? Many things. And one for this form is the silence. And firstly, a little bit about the spirit of the silence. So the literal thing of the silence is that you don't talk to each other, you don't write notes to each other, you um, kind of guard each other's capacity to really embody and become mindful of their own location. That's a sort of literal thing. If you've come with friends, you leave them alone, don't go for walks with people. Um, So we're kind of guardians of each other's, there's this lovely word in the tradition, each other's singleness, like our own alignment and our own singularity. right? But that is not, uh, the silence is not an opportunity for us to pretend there aren't others here, right? So at times, we'll be walking through the corridors and we can sense ourselves, and we're mindful to some degree and we open our eyes and there's another one of us humans there and we see them and we see that they see us and, yeah, acknowledging that. But not needing to look for that, not drawing each other out in those lonely moments or those uncertain moments. Not needing to have to have to have the other to confirm that we're here. And at other times we might have our eyes much more inward focus. Really kind of guardians of a our own location. And that's where we're working and we're not opening our senses so much to the others. So there's not a right way to do that, right? The invitation is for each of us to remember the main practice with our wandering around the corridors is to have ourself, right? And whatever we need for that in that moment, sometimes it's we've got a bigger sense of the world, sometimes it's closer in. Both are fine. But the spirit of the silence, that's a little bit more the practical, the spirit of the silence, if, if you don't love it yet, I hope you do it by nine days' time. This is a silence that's to invite us to come closer to ourself, to um, listen more deeply to the stirrings of the heart and the mind, to be able to see them clearly to be able to respond wisely to the stuff that comes up. And sometimes without training, it kind of leads us, doesn't it? Hands up if you don't know when your mind has just kind of led you down a small rabbit hole or a very large one. Or, right? We know that as human beings. So we get to see our shapes and the ways our attention gets tangled and we get to work with that. And the spirit of the silence is that we can listen deeply, deeper, deeper and deeper to the things that don't call so loud. The deepening of consciousness, that call to our depths, 
that you either know and love already or that you intuit is possible or that you hope is possible. And there's a lot of silence in this place. You know, silence isn't only the absence of sound. It, it can be like a, a presence for us. It can inform us. So I hope you get to love it. Or if you are already a lover of the silence, that you can uh, deepen that relationship. If you're new to it, think of it as like a warm, balmy air that you can kind of walk into and relax and take up the space you take up. The warmth to untangle in. I'm remembering this line from a poet or from Meister Eckhart, a mystic where he said, love, love the winter when the trees say nothing. Love winter when the trees say nothing. And being simple while you're here. This will support are deepening. So practically that means not reading, not filling up with more, really letting yourself empty out, empty out. So leave any books at the bottom of your suitcase or lock them away or hand them over to Roberta. Or, um, mostly not engaging with writing also. Um, if you have a writing practice and want to write a couple of night, lines at night, that's fine, but don't make it the main thing you're doing. See if you can shed as a kind of shedding process of not picking up more, more things. Tomorrow, with your cell phones, you will be invited, and we'll say more in the morning, you'll be invited to um, enter a ceremony of relinquishment and offering of your cell phone. If you um, feel ready for that, um, can be really it's it's powerful. It's a powerful thing for most of us. Um, we'll say more in the morning. Yeah, that will happen. Um, They'll happen at the 10 o'clock sit, so we'll, we'll get to remind you first in the morning. Um, anything else about simplicity? Well, sometimes on a retreat, I might notice the tendency that I want something more to happen, inner or outer, right? That I want something more complex. I don't want to simplify. Um, when you see those moments... They're the moments. They're the moments to, to really pause and remember that the Dhamma, if we want something new to happen, or if we want to see more deeply, more clearly, then in a way we have to let some, do something new. We have to leave room 
like the Dharma comes into the empty spaces that we leave for her, for him, for them. Right? So shedding will make room for our depths to touch us. So there's a, a way in which our engagement and practice is something in which we explore a sense of solitude and we're, as Catherine was saying, in our singleness. But we're also very aware of our, <coughs> our experience of being together. And one of the ways in which we create the foundation for being together in a way that's supportive is to have a, a shared commitment and for each of us an individual commitment to to recognizing and respecting the importance of all of life around us. And one of the expressions of that, the, the, the traditional expression in, in, the, in the Buddhist framework of teaching and practice is the, what are called the precepts or ethical guidelines, which are expressions or founded on the, the, the recognition that no, no one, none of us and no one, no beings wish to suffer or to be harmed. And therefore, in alignment and honoring that, aligning our intentions so far as we can to refrain from causing harm to any living beings. And that's expressed through the five precepts in, 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 this, in this framework. Um, and there are different versions of how it can be held. But here, we're inviting you to take these on. And everyone who comes to live, to work, to practice at IMS takes these on and everyone will hold them in their own way and the formality or informality of the way we do that can vary. We will do a more formal precept taking or offering and taking um, ceremony um, in the context of the honouring the new year, new decade and our entry into that. But for now, what I just want to name is the precepts and I'm just wanting to check because I don't think the Roberta in her, her talk, she didn't go through them with you, did she? No. So we're, we're, some other places where we teach, that sometimes happens. And then if we come and do it again, it's sort of like, oh, you didn't need to hear it twice. But I, it's really important that we not so much hear it, because for many of you this will be something very familiar, but that we kind of just acknowledge that this is something we share and that we're asked all to commit to. And so the first precept is to refrain from taking life or causing physical harm to any living beings. And I, I find it particularly relevant in reflecting on relationship to the smaller creatures here because probably we don't have any sort of untoward intentions towards the larger. But the, 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 little, the little folk who might be sharing our space on occasion you know, and if you want to relocate them because you don't really want to share space with them, that's okay. But to do so in a way that respects and, so far as you can, cares for their well-being too. Because for them, their life is as precious to them as ours is to ourselves. And so that sense of just respecting life in that way. 
The second precept is to refrain from taking things which aren't freely offered to us. Understanding so much pain and suffering arises if our things are taken or misused by others. And therefore not doing that. And having, again, not that we would imagine anyone has an intention to not do that, but we just kind of honor that and we share that. We know and name that as a collective intention here. And if things are offered to us, then of course we can make use of them, and, and, and rightly so. But in that sense, then, allowing ourselves to relax around the things that are ours and also to know what's appropriate with the things that are not. The third precept is to refrain from causing harm through sexuality and sensuality. And in the, in the context of a retreat, a silent retreat such as this, where we're in the, the solitude of silence while sharing the space together, what that means and how we ask that to be honoured is in refraining from intentional, intentional engagement without sexual um, life or energy. It's not to say that we won't have one or experience that energy and life in us, but that we don't do anything with it or take it anywhere um, in relationship to other people. And so in that sense, we are not judging or rejecting that aspect of our humanity, but we're just simply for now putting it down in order to allow the space to be more clear, to be more free of the complexities and challenges that the territory of that aspect of us brings into our lives. And outside of a retreat, it's about respecting, being sensitive, being honest, being caring in whatever ways we might express our sexuality. And so again, it's not a rejection of it, but in the context of the retreat, simple frame of maintaining celibacy is, is how we hold that. And uh, it kind of gives us a space just to be human beings, not to be looking or to be looked upon as other than just that, and, and that we're all together. The, the fourth precept is to refrain from co causing harm through speech and primarily we're supporting that through supporting the silence and the certain dedication and commitment that requires that um, holds that understanding we're supporting everybody's well-being not just our own by honoring and supporting the silence and therefore as an expression of that precept keeping the silence is 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 important part of this and also in the places where we might be communicating when there'll be we'll, we'll be meeting with all of you in groups and talking about your practice and you may need to speak with staff about things to do with your 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 service and the 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 period of work and off that you offer or other things you need to arrange and just just checking to see that we speak in a way that feels kindly that feels also straightforward and we could say truthful in how we communicate. Sometimes we sort of amplify or underplay what's going on for us in order to either create an impression or not create an impression. And just seeing, can I, can I just be true with what's true and trust that that's okay? And so that's also an expression of the precept in the context of a retreat. And outside of the retreat, the precept is, so again, it's not judging speech or saying it's somehow wrong in an ethical sense, but in the context of the retreat, seeing what's appropriate. And then outside of a retreat, it's, it's about um, speaking what's useful, what's truthful, and what's appropriate and helpful. The kind of the primary questions to be asking in that context. So it's a lot about skillfulness with speech, which is a whole sort of territory of practice and exploration. We'll touch on that at the end a little, I think. Um, 
more. And the fifth precept is to refrain from the use of drugs, alcohol, intoxicants that we might use in a casual, social, recreational way. Some of us may make such choices in our society. There's quite a lot of that that takes place. Um, And yet we can recognize that engaging with drugs, alcohol, intoxicants can often lead to lack or loss of clarity, to carelessness, to actions that we might later regret and feel sorrow with regard to. And so there's an element in this of both respecting our consciousness, of not in a way messing with it in a sort of a a somewhat artificial way by using substances, Um, and also wanting to really protect ourselves and others from harm. And for some people, of course, this might seem, oh yeah, that sounds like a thing I could do for a few days or a week. And for other people, it might be part of their life commitment already from a sort of precept point of view. And for some of us, it's likely, I don't know if it's the case, but it's not unusual. There might be for some people that this is actually something that's essential for their very existence to sustain, that their life depends on being able to say, no, I won't engage in these things, even if society around me does. And there's also a real solidarity, I think, in our of saying, okay, let's, at least for this time, if not beyond that, say, no, I don't want to engage in such things. And, and in that, there's something very powerful that I think is, is embodied in, 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 the precept, in this fifth precept. And to be clear, of course, that doesn't mean that if there's anything that you're, that you're using, that you're taking by way of medicine or medication for the well-being of your heart, your mind, or your body, that you shouldn't continue to do that. In fact, it's wise and appropriate that you do. This is not the situation which to decide to stop using whatever you are already using that's uh, appropriately um, directed towards sustaining or maintaining your health in that regard. So that, that's, that's very different, and I hope that's clear. And, um, and with these precepts, there's this, again, there's the sense of them as an offering of safety to each other. There's something beautiful. There's a gift that we give to each other, but also that we give a certain safety to ourselves to just know, oh, I have placed some wholesome frameworks around my heart, my mind, and my actions that I say, I don't want to go beyond that, and I will not. And then something in us can relax. There's a kind of an ease that comes. Not that we do it perfectly. Nobody ever did this perfectly. We can't help but at times bump into or impact others or ourselves. But that we know that our orientation is clear and our commitment, our dedication is to, so far as I'm able, to not cause harm to others. And then there's a safety, there's a spaciousness, there's a way in which that allows us to open, to soften, to not have to have the protective, defensive kind of patternings and armorings that we often carry in the world where such precepts aren't held. And as one of my teachers used to sometimes say, you know, imagine what the world would be like if even just one of those five guidelines was followed by all human beings. How amazing would that be, that world? Any one of them, the world would be so changed by it. And imagine if we could, all of us as human beings, follow these five guidelines together. The world would be profoundly transformed remarkably into something so much more wholesome. And we can create that world here, amongst ourselves, in this time, and in our hearts. 
with these precepts that are a, a foundation for meditation practice, without which meditation practice is never really going to go to the roots of what can be transformed in our hearts and equally in our world. And so what this is, this is an expression also of understanding that this practice is not and cannot be just for ourselves. What we engage in in spiritual practice is founded on understanding that we are not separate from each other and understanding the depth and truth of that. We cannot be separate from all that is around us and within us. And therefore opening to that, including all of that, and caring for it so that our practice, both in our engagement in meditation, but equally in our expressions into the world, are concerned with the well-being of the whole and the wholeness of life, equally as with the particulars and the individuals and the specifics, which might sometimes be me or my sore knee or someone I have to care for. And that sense of that embrace of life is very much at the heart of of what it means to live an awakened life, what it means to live a life informed by wisdom, by compassion, and by the I want to say a new word, and the same words that I just used keep coming back. It's really that sense of informed by the sort of, I would say, the heart of the human spirit, which is ultimately co-penetrative, co-existent with the whole of the heart of life, of the world, of existence. And so thank you for your attention to these reflections and I know for some of you you will have heard many of the things we said perhaps on numerous occasions and yet something really important in that taking and that holding that sharing together of of this framework and particularly at this point these precepts so thank you for undertaking them what we'd like to do is just have a short I don't want to call it a break because the intention is that you don't go somewhere else. But if you need to just take a moment to breathe, to stretch, to move your body, to bring some ease, we'll have a short meditation and then we'll just a couple more practical things. We'll be finished quite soon. So what that means is I'm hoping you can do without a bathroom break at this moment. And if you desperately can't, if you absolutely need to, and sometimes to do, just do it and come back. But we're just going to take a couple of minutes for you to just take a moment to move and stretch. And I would invite you to, to do what you feel your body might benefit from, might appreciate or might need in terms of moving or stretching. We're not going to kind of guide you in that specifically, but uh, don't feel constrained by any idea of what you think you shouldn't be doing in here beyond just being aware that there are other people not too far away.
So when you've done what you need to do and your body feels ready to return to a seated posture, please find your way back to that and uh, we'll have a little sitting. So we'll sit together for about 10 minutes or so just to collect our attention here together in this space, this room. So finding yourself, locating yourself here in your body, feeling and sensing your body here. Perhaps you can feel the sensations of your body making contact with the pillow or the bench or the chair. Feel that, the heaviness or the the weight, that contact. The sense of, I am here, knowing, knowing where I am this quality of attention, mindful, mindfully attending to what's happening right in this moment as we ground our attention here, in this here and now. So opening to however your experience is right now, Letting, letting it be. As you relax, let go. Letting the muscles in your body begin to soften and relax. We might find that we carry a lot of tension with us that isn't even very apparent until we stop and attend to our body. Softening, relaxing, shoulders and the arms and hands. Relaxing through the chest, the abdomen. The muscles around the face, the eyes and the mouth. And as we do this, we might find our breath becomes a little bit deeper, more connected. We become more embodied. Breathing and letting go 
arriving. Just this moment. If you notice you're getting caught up in your thinking of the recent past, future, just very gently disentangling from the thoughts, letting go and returning back to the body. Let your attention rest once again in the body. Might be gentle breathing. Might be sensing the body. Feeling into that sense of here-ness. I am here. I am here now. You might be able to sense a quality of kind acceptance in the attention. Just this allowing kindly with what's here.
So we're just now coming to the end of the evening, really, and I want to simply let you know about the program for the first part of tomorrow, which may have already been posted, and if it has, then probably you've seen it, but if not, it will be posted very soon. And um, so tomorrow morning we'll um, begin with a wake-up bell at 5.30. I'll just uh, make sure I'm remembering correctly. Actually, I good that I've checked that because, in fact, what we're going to do tomorrow morning, different than following morning, is we aren't going to have a wake-up bell at 5.30. That's the wake-up time if you wish to wake up, but if you don't wake up, you don't have to wake up. Um, now, I hope that's okay for you. Um, you won't be too disappointed, but we're aware that many of us are coming into this situation from quite full and demanding lives and years and possibly Christmas parties. Um, and some of you and many of you will have had also long journeys to get here. So we begin a bit more gently in the morning. What that means then, there will be a sitting at, um, at 6 o'clock and the first official bell will be at 6.30 for breakfast. At 6 o'clock, you're very welcome to come to the sitting. I'll be here, um, but I won't be keeping a roll check. So um, if you're not here, that's okay. We won't ever be keeping a roll check, but um, <laughs> just so you know... Um, what I invite you to just check for yourself and see what's useful and right for you. So if you're awake, come along. If you're asleep, it's okay. If you're not sure if you're asleep or you're awake, then there's a question to be determined there, which I can't really resolve for you, but I trust that you can. Um, but if you need some extra rest, feel free to give it to yourself. And if you want to engage right away with this precious opportunity, then the space is there for that. Um, and so then there'll be breakfast at 6.30 through till 7.15 and the, uh, the work meditation period, which when many of you have your, have your period of giving service to the community and to IMS and supporting our, our being here together. Um, and then we'll come together at 8.15 for the, um, the, the first sitting after breakfast at 8.15. At that time, we'll... we'll offer some reflections about practice. We'll give some very specific and detailed instructions which we will sort of develop over the course of the retreat. And there'll be then some time for sitting meditation. And it's really important that you're here at that time and for that time of 8.15 so that we can begin and begin to unfold the, the practice and the teachings in more sort of specific detail and also kind of articulate the framework in which we'll be practicing more fully. And then the day will continue with further periods of meditation. I won't go through all of them at the moment. Um, we'll tell you as we get there, but it will be sitting, walking, standing, meditation and meals and, uh, and some more teaching from us. So um, that probably is enough detail for that. A couple of things I would suggest you do if you're able this evening is complete whatever may be uncompleted for you. If there's some person or persons who don't know you're about to go into silence for nine days, who might be worried, or who you might think might be worried, you might want to send them a short message saying, I'm not going to be available for the next nine days. Don't worry. Or whatever seems appropriate for you to say in that situation, so that you can then feel the space is clear. You don't have to be concerned about that. Um, before. Sorry? Yeah, so I'm assuming that uh, you're aware of and Roberta's given you emergent, the numbers that people can call if someone needs to contact you and that. So when we, yeah, that you have that, yeah. So that's just, uh, 
We're not making ourselves completely unavailable, but just unavailable to casual inquiries, we could say. But if there's something urgent that needs to get through, there is a pathway and you can inform anyone who needs to know that what that is, and that's generally a skillful thing to do. So that's good. Um, what... Yeah, just, just so what I was going to say, what I was there, that sense of just kind of getting finished whatever you need to do, if you possibly can. So that when we enter into the morning, we enter into an open space that we don't need to organize too much. So if you haven't managed to get your things up from the car into the, into the building yet, it would probably be a good idea to do that. Also because we are anticipating some uh, snow and maybe some ice. Um, I guess Roberta mentioned that. Um, but if and when it comes, it will make navigating require a little bit more caution and certainly whatever is organised tonight just in case we get more than a little bit of snow and ice if it's done tonight it doesn't have to be done tomorrow Um, and that's always helpful apart from that I don't have I just want to maybe just check in terms of the practicality of what needs to happen for you to go forward tonight tomorrow morning is it reasonably clear for you yeah if you have anything you're not sure of please do ask There will be time for general questions tomorrow, but this is specifically what you need to know to go forward from here tonight in the morning. We're good? Okay, that's great. So then I think just to finish on really all our behalf, I'd like to um, wish you very well for this this time we have together and uh, express my wish and I think our shared wish that what what we do here, what we engage in, what we bring forth from our time here together, that this be something that truly and deeply contributes to each of our well-being, to each of your well-being, and equally something that contributes to and serves the well-being of others in the world. And this is very much my hope, my aspiration, but also my confidence and my trust. And so we have begun, and I wish you a, a fruitful time here, and uh, a good night's rest. And we'll continue again tomorrow morning. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.